Welcome to the Art First Interiors podcast, brought to you by Curious Egg. I'm Lorraine Aaron, an artist who designs interiors. I'm passionate about the way art can change our lives and improve our home environments, and I love interiors with art at their soul. Here on the Art First Interiors podcast, I talk to like-minded creative people, including fellow artists, interior designers and homemakers, exploring how art affects their lives, the places they live and the spaces they create. Join me to discover the power of art to transform your home. This week, I chat to the lovely Dee Campling about slow decorating and the art of display. From skip diving for vintage treasures to forest foraging and biophilic design, Dee gives some fantastic tips on styling creatively as well as inexpensive ways to add texture and interest into your home. So thanks so much for coming on to chat today. I'm really excited to speak to you. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. So Dee, I just thought it would be interesting if you could tell us a little bit about your um, background for those of uh, those people who are not on Instagram, maybe don't know um, much about you, um, just to tell them a little bit about your kind of life experience interests and uh, get to know you a wee bit. Okay, uh, well, it's quite boring, really. But um, I, my background actually is not in interior design. It's in I, I had a got a business studies qualification years ago, and I worked in a corporate environment for twenty five years wow. before I um, launched into interiors. Um, I've always had a massive interest in interiors. So while I was doing my boring day job, I always um, I was studied um, art history um, at the, with the OU, and I did interior design qualifications. I never actually used them that much um, just for my own interest. I always found that as long as I had a creative thinking on the side, I could, um, you know, it made doing like the usually the day to the day to day nine to five job and raising kids. That was, you know, that yeah. took up most of my time. But as long as I had a creative outlet on the side, then it kind of got me through. Yeah. When I first discovered you on Instagram, the interiors that caught my eye were these really sort of beautiful sort of florals and sort of ditzy prints and wood and warm tones um but also a really clean I guess kind of a Scandinavian sort of look um, yeah, yeah with with the vintage sort of textures and I just wondered how you know how did that come about I mean what what is your sort of personal style that's maybe come from you know life experiences you've had how did that develop um it's difficult. It's kind of hard to define it, isn't it? Because these things just evolve without you really thinking about it, don't they? But um, I have always loved vintage. My dad is um, a carpenter, and he would he never believed in buying anything full price. So uh, he <laughs> taught me to skip dive at an early age, <laughs> and, and um, so we've always done that, which sounds a bit awful actually. But um, I would always look at something I like. If I if I like something, I want to buy something. I'll always look at a way of creating it or getting it in a way that's not necessarily, pe- you know, I yeah, said, sort of extravagant. Sort of, yeah, yeah. I don't like extravagance. I don't like paying for things just for the sake of paying a high price. I'd much rather. I, I don't mind paying for things if the quality is there, but I'd much rather source it from somewhere where it's got some sort of history and story. Um, I don't like instant instant looks I like things to have really evolved yeah so I guess it comes from that kind of background of my dad creating he'd always he'd, he'd create kitchens for people from a tree in their garden he'd actually you know wow so that kind of I love that provenance you know of things so um I don't I've never liked buying things off the shelf from a shop floor on a, on a whim you know it's always going to have to have a long you know I'll always think about it carefully yeah so I think I think it comes from that so um I just love vintage things that tell a story um, that have got history and just and I guess I love a bargain you know so yeah. it's all all comes together doesn't it yeah and then um, I think if you have too much vintage though if, so if you fill your house with everything yeah you know, if everything's vintage it's going to look really stuffy you could yeah you know, it's going to look like an old people's home if you're not careful no offense yeah. to old people's homes <laughs> but um, you have to you know think about what you how you like to live and I also haven't done any recently because obviously because of the virus but um run interior design courses about how you work out what your style is yeah and I'd always say to people um try and name your style and it's probably a name that doesn't exist at the moment so I would say 
my like you said yourself I got some sort of Scandi influences going in as well so I like I like I like a bit of clean line as well so I'd, I'd call myself like a Scandi boho vintage my look because yeah. it is yeah absolutely. and I'd, I'd, I'd encourage anyone to before they start buying if they haven't got a clue about what their interior style is most people have got a clue but maybe not developed it um is think about what you love and then think of a name around that and then only buy things or acquire things that kind of fit into that title mm. you created for yourself so that's kind of quite a nice place to start yeah that's kind of, of a places. nice way to sort of edit isn't it because people yeah. sometimes don't quite know where to sort of draw the line or kind of hone a style that's a bit cohesive yeah yeah, yeah I mean there's obviously lots of places to start but um I always what my I think people get hung up on people think you have to start with colour for instance and I think that's a real um personally I think that's a bit of a red herring because people get really hung up on colour mm. and they think I can't start a room until I've decided what colour to paint it and I think you should think about colour last because um and this is where I always do that's what I always always done myself and that's what I always advise people to do and again it's not necessarily an accepted way of thinking but this is what I do mm. is um choose your items first so choose the items you love that can be within that you know, that definition we've just talked about of um, Scandi Boho Vintage, for instance, um, uh, or start with a single piece that you always, that you've always loved. So, you know, I'm, I always love a vintage mirror or you might have a, you might have got a, um, a piece of art, for instance, that you love, or it's an inherited piece or a piece of furniture or just a, an item that you've absolutely adore, that item that you would save in a fire, for instance, and start with that in your room, that, that one thing. And then your colour cues come from that. So I would paint the, the room white first and then start adding your pieces. Only have pieces that you absolutely adore. Don't have a, if you can't find something, have a gap. Yeah. And um, then build it from there. And then your colour your colour cues come out of that. Yes. Um, I don't think you should paint the colour first. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, and, yeah. and you know, I, I think you've got a real point there because people um, think interiors and they immediately think, oh, get the colour cards out, right? Yeah. What colour? And, and um, you know, there's the theory, oh, match it to your wardrobe, which personally, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not too sure about that. I'm not too sure yeah. that I would want what I wear on my walls. No, it's a different no, thing. No, that's, yeah, it's a personal thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just, um, yeah, I think that's really interesting to actually look at the the objects first and actually see what is the backdrop that would really show these off that would kind of... I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I do think so. And that, I mean, yeah, that might give you, that might open up another can of worms for you, but I, as you, because if you're not a colour lover, for instance, you might think, well, I don't actually want colour and I but this item the item my love has got colour in it but I don't want to live with that much colour so yeah that's okay as well you can still stay you can still have a neutral room with a couple of colour accents yes you know yeah. and I think also people are so scared of colour and getting it wrong I think that's a really good easy way of introducing yourself to colour as well yeah and I'm again I'm a massive fan of don't paint the walls a colour um introduce your colour in your accessories such as your rugs or your art and then you know, the more you live with that, the more you'll know if that's your core style or not. Yeah. And I think most people do have their core style. They maybe don't know what it is, but they have got one if they really ask themselves a few key questions. And then, you know, if you change your mind about that colour, because you're at the early part of your journey, that's fine because it's easy to change yes. your accent yeah. colours, like with cushions and, oh, I mean, paint's easy to change as well, isn't it really? If you just, but, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, live your life around this one color you can just you know t um turn the volume up or down on it depending on what your core style is yeah i think that's that's a fantastic point and i think just you know as you say when you when you see something accessory and you're walk passing it every day mm. you'll know if it starts to kind of grate on you or whether that, yeah, oh, that's exactly, actually yeah. really adding some amazing energy so I want yeah. more of that. So that, that's a I great totally point. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And again, my when we talk about interiors um, on our courses, it's like we, we talk about, and I think this is the absolute key thing, is, is how do you want to feel in your home? And like you say, you open the front door and if there's a piece of furniture, say you've got, you know, you open the front door and you've got a picture there and it, and it you, know, you kind of don't really notice it, but it's nothing. It doesn't make your heart sing, yeah. Or it, it's just a bit meh. Or it, even it might be something you'd actually gone off and you think, oh, the first thing you do, you open the front door, and your heart sinks a little bit. You might not even acknowledge it because you've got this <laughs> yeah. thing in front of you that really doesn't really. 
do anything for you. Yeah. So you've got to really become aware of all those things in your head. I realise this all takes time and mm. a lot of self-awareness, but I think if you really do want to create a home where it's your sanctuary, you have to give this these sort of things some thought so I think you and if you then if you then compare it to that thing that you absolutely love we talked about earlier everyone's got a thing they adore how do you feel about that you want to try and aim to feel that way about everything in your house yeah so you open your front door you can just go back from a busy day at work and you want to just get in and you want to chill so the first thing you should see when you open your front door is something that like makes that kicks off that feeling that you want to feel in your home and it could be relaxation it could be actually it could be energy because maybe you've got a really boring job and you want to come home and you want a bit of excitement you know so you want Mm. some color or you want some some something different to what you've just experienced all day I personally because I go out and I get overstimulated by everything yeah I want to come home to a calm house because I'm (laughs) my I'm i everything exhausts me because yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this before because we yeah. talked about when we socialize um yeah. coming home and having a lie down because it takes so much oh, out yeah, we have that's right we do don't we yeah because I, I find I know, you're probably the same if you, you know you yeah. go out and I love talking to people and I yeah. love seeing all the lovely designs and I love all I love it all but Absolutely. I had to come down for a lie down in a yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely there with you with that that's that's yeah. so true um I thought just what you touched on there when you were telling us that lovely story about your dad and just the kind of uh the sort of evolution of an object in your home and kind of what um story that tells and the memories I mean I, I've definitely seen that in your your home you know I've followed you for quite a few years now and I think there are two things that I love. One, that you have a kind of, there's a constant there, you know, you don't sort of jump about styles. And there's something yeah. that I think for people, they can trust in that, that they, you know, because if somebody knows their style, they know themselves and they, they're, they're probably more real, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind it of unnerves me when people it? jump about. I kind of think, whoa, wait a minute, who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's, um, that's very true, actually, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and so there's that. But but that said, you still experiment. and um, But there's this lovely kind of, um, I guess, a sort of feeling of nostalgia in your your decor. They're, they're with the, partly with the vintage objects, but it feels like you've brought your life kind of passed with you you talk about festivals and camping I know you still do that but there's this lovely kind of carefree um I guess for want of a better word I don't like this word youth but kind of a useful sort of um freshness to it that that you've brought with you and and I, I wondered how that kind of um how conscious that is and how that's kind of evolved yeah um I guess it is I guess I'm semi-conscious of it um I think I really I think I'm looking at my around my room now. This is my office, and it's got loads of things. It's complete tip. <laughs> so it's mine um, under the table, mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I I like to. I think home is so important to me. Um, yeah. I need to surround myself with things that make me feel like myself. I guess. Mm. Um, I love. I love blending the outside and the inside. I'm very inspired yes. by the outside. Not just not just florals and um, and plants, but the whole living outside thing as well. Mm. So, um, for instance, I don't know if you know Gifford Circus. Um, that's a local circus right here. They oh, and yeah. I. So you've talked really, about it before. I didn't yeah, know about it, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah, really inspired, and I'm really inspired by and like to live as if um, we are living. It's not just yeah, the outside and inside is not two different things hotels and homes aren't two different things restaurants and homes aren't two different things that whole I love blurring the boundaries between how you live you actually being at home living at home and and as we talked about earlier and how you want to feel and all those influences outside so again I guess back to you you love your art Mm. that's why people bring art into their homes because it gives them that feeling I bring the outside into my home because it gives me that feeling I guess it's a, free, a freedom I like it's a, yes. kind of maybe it's a gypsy thing yes. not, not, yeah yes. I love I yeah. love exploring. it's kind of nomadic it's that kind nomadic, of idea yeah. of, of the travels yeah. and and it not yeah. ending you can bring them home and you can be away even when you're at home whether yes, it's in your certain life, yeah. yeah I've never really thought about it so much before. yeah you're, you're really articulating something actually that I've never really given you know much conscious thought to but I absolutely love the idea of exploring when you're at home and feeling at home when you're out exploring 
Yes, yes. I, I think that's really exciting, yeah. and I definitely yeah. think, I definitely think it comes across because there's something that comes when you you look at your posts and you think, wow, and you kind of you do get transported in a way just to a, a really relaxing place, but it kind of feels sort of outside inside, and it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's really fresh, and it, they're just always really lovely to look at. Um, oh, but you. I think also. I think also what draws people and why, um, you know, your posts are so popular and people are really drawn to you in tears is there's also imperfection there. You know, everything's not polished and um, pristine and, um, you know, labels and all these things. Just like you said, that there is a bit of wear and, and real life in there. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. I, don't, I, I hate I'd hate to think that I was making people feel they have to spend a lot of money on their interiors because you absolutely don't. Back yeah. to, again, what we said earlier is that, a lot of my stuff is is from junk shops. It always has been. I know it's very, and I'm really glad that uh, thrifting and vintage has become mainstream now because it's yeah. you know all these pieces have got such quality and history to them, and you can buy you know a beautiful, for instance, buy a lovely G plan sideboard from 50 years ago, and it'll be as good as it'll be yeah, so solid it's still, so well made, yeah, so well made, and that's, that's such a testament, isn't it, to quality? Or you can buy something brand new, you know, for more money so what would you what is it's a no-brainer yeah. isn't it yeah and, and just also about the kind of stories that come with those older things you know um one they're they're generally made better but two you know where yeah. have they been and what are those yeah. marks how did those marks come about yeah they got there i'd love to you know, you'd love to hear what they had to say but um so yes i back to say it yeah you don't have to spend a lot of money on anything really and um, what another thing i like doing i'm probably probably meandering now is I like trying out different things in different spaces so you might have you know what what, why should a table just be a table why can't it be a desk why can't be it why can't it be a um a bedside table why can't it be your dressing table you know try these things out in different places yeah and if you can't physically do that because it's too much hassle to move it up and down then you can just do a little mood board I love doing mood boards and um yeah you just take take a photograph we can do it really basically just take a photograph of your room take a photograph of the item and like pop it in there and you know, obviously it's a little bit basic but you can still get a feel for how yeah. it's going to look with all the other things in the room yeah yeah and it helps you helps you develop your taste as well you know if you yeah I think Pinterest and things like that have got a you know, I've got have brought people's aspirations on massively. That's true. That is such a great tool, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, people think mood boards have to be this kind of sort of perfect thing, but actually, it's it's about experimenting before you actually go for the real thing. Um, yeah. And I thought it was really interesting what you were saying there about, um, you know, using furniture for a different purpose, perhaps than what it was built for or made yeah. for. And, and and I think that's really exciting as well. And we see that more and more, but. Um, yeah, you know, desks don't have to be these kind of flat pack. You know, I'm actually, I'm actually pre- um, practicing what I preach here because I've got a desk that Rob made out of scaffold planks. Mm. I remember seeing it; it was great. Yeah. I know. See, those are, I think, things like that are lovely. This was a packing table that we had in our stockroom, and I've moved it through, and it's actually too big for our office. But um, so I'm keeping my eye out for the right piece, and I think that yeah. you were saying that as well, and I, and I definitely believe that um, because until I find the right things I would actually rather have nothing yeah absolutely. You know, and I will just yeah. leave a space so you know people come yeah. in and the room can be empty and have one table in it. I say yeah but I know I can see in my head what's yeah. going to go there and yeah. until I find the pieces and take the yeah. time I think it's that slow way of yeah. decorating I think um, is, I agree yeah has more longevity in a way I do think it has absolutely has more, more longevity I was saying that you know if when you when you're young and you you want to obviously you've got your first home and you, you're desperate for it to be home straight away so you wouldn't have that time mm. or patience but and so you are going to make mistakes but that's fine you know I think that's how you learn a lot of the time is you know we've all made I've made some absolute corkers you know but me too, <laughs> me massive, too. it's a massive learning curve isn't it but yeah. that, and that's why it's really key I think to not spend a lot of money at first yeah and get get these buy these items that are multi-purpose because then you can play with them and if it doesn't fit where you had it in mind hopefully it'll fit somewhere else and then yeah. if it still doesn't work because it's vintage you can sell it on for probably what you paid for it yeah that's so true you don't that's... necessarily have that luxury with something that's bought from a from a shop so yeah. No, that that's really true, um, yeah. and and that kind of goes on to um, because I, you know, I talked about sort of your style, but I think also what keeps it really fresh is you have kind of a lot of your rooms have a, a little edge to them, and some of that's brought in with kind of an unexpected contemporary piece um, or an artwork, and um, you have a really lovely way of dis- displaying your art, um, and I wondered about 
kind of the art you're drawn to has that changed since you've been on Instagram and how do you go about choosing your pieces yeah I think um Instagram's brilliant been brilliant for art actually because it's taken everyone I mean talking I'm I'm using myself as an illustration here but I think what it's done for me I've always I've, I've, I've always appreciated art but I've not known loads about it but, and I've always just gone, I think we talked about this years ago, didn't we, about how that instant, how something just sparks, you see yeah. a piece of art, yeah. sparks this feeling in you. And that's the connection between you and the artist. Absolutely. And I love that, mm. that, um, that description of how it feels when you find something you like. Yeah. But um, again, again, I haven't, you know, I can't afford to buy you know, the art I really like, but it just, I think Instagram has really, just really give you, take you on a journey. So mm. if you're, you know, if you're just starting out, for instance, you know, got so many small um, businesses on Instagram now selling their prints. So they're affordable and mm-hmm. you can buy cheap frames now. So you might buy, you know, if you want to have an instant gallery wall, you can create one quite quickly and easily and yep. affordably. And you might want to create a look and it might be your first attempt and you'll probably go off that art, but it doesn't really matter because it's quite, you know, it's only been 20 quid or something like that. Yep. But it starts you on that journey of what you like, I think. Mm-hmm. So that that journey from buying your first poster to buying original art is, I think, is speeded up now. Yes. So you, yep, you would – and um, so you buy your buy your, buy your first prints and then you kind of go off them a couple of years later. But you might have – there might be something about that that you're particularly drawn to. So you'll go back to maybe to the artist of one of those prints and look at what they've done now, what, what they're doing more recently. Yes. Yep. And you'll start – and you'll I think you'll start to make those connections with what you like and – and the artists that, that that did them originally and has maybe done you know a load of posters for that and then you might start to look at what they've done as a limited edition I think oh, I'd love to own one of their limited editions because that's yeah. what they do yeah and so that's that's kind of you know you'll get one of those maybe as a, a special gift or something like that and then your next step then is oh is, is back is yeah you know, you've gone from 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 mass-produced posters to limited edition posters to prints to you know to, to a smaller run of prints to yeah, original to original and I yes. think and I think that in the past that would have taken like 20 years to yeah. get to that but now it's yes it's, it's, it's they've kind of shortened the whole the whole path yeah. I think that's so true and I think it's been great for artists especially young artists yeah. coming out of yeah. art school and just um you know I, I we kind of offer a kind of mentoring program from the artists we take on and just try to talk to them about um you know how to present their work and talk about their work on social media as well because yeah. you know it, it, they can sell um in numerous galleries you know we don't make them only sell through us because I think it's really yeah. important to get their work out there but also developing yeah. relationships with your kind of audience that's looking at your yeah. work Instagrams and uh, some of the other social media platforms are great for that so yeah. um it's, re- it's really it's really it's really you know it's taken away a lot of the what's the word it's democratized yes art. Yeah, I think uh, that's um, true. and it, it used to be quite a you know I think owning original art or limited editions used to be quite aspirational yeah still is it still is aspirational but it's affordable now and you know anyone can now aspire to own some original art yeah but you know and you can go via that route I just talked about or you might start looking at vintage art and then going from there yeah um or, or both, you know, I, what I do love about, we say my rooms have got an edge because I absolutely love mm. mixing a, a vintage oil painting next to something yeah. brand new and yes. really graphic. Yeah. I love juxtaposing things like that. And, um, and yeah, because one it, kind of makes the other, makes you notice the other more, I think. And, yeah. to, and more than if they were all in the same sort of family of looks. I yeah. think that's absolutely true when you see something that's yeah. really textured, thick aged oil paint and then the clean yeah. lines of something graphic yeah. it's just this fantastic kind of they bounce Absolutely. off each other and that's what I try and do with all my interiors back to we said about vintage you feel your house with all vintage it's going to look a little bit you know stale and everything yeah. looks a little bit all the edges are very soft yes and you do need to clean it up so yeah. I always try and put something quite sharp in like a white say it say a white lampshade or a clean white yes sitting with a, a really clean edge point. yeah sitting white will always make it so we'll always modernize um a vintage if you've got an yeah. area absolutely so in terms of um showing work as well a lot of people feel really nervous about hanging artworks and mm. um i think another thing that's been great especially with instagram because it's such a visual platform is to see how um 
casually you can show art which actually oh, yeah you know and, and I think you've been great at that kind of just you know might be a piece leaning you know in your hallway I love or, leaning it. Yeah. yeah leaning <laughs> I'm for leaning because <laughs> yeah. I, I love that because it's such an it's such a quick way of changing yeah. your space up it's so quick and if you you know you don't have to redecorate a whole room to refresh it you don't have to buy a new piece of furniture to refresh it you can just mix your art around a little bit yeah. and take it off the wall lean against the wall do it as a do it as a gallery wall do it as you know um, yeah. just oh my god a cover up a radiator with it I love do you do you follow Marianne Cottrell she's my absolute favorite yes, stylist I do actually yeah so she yes. she is um I noticed the other day was hanging her art up at um above doors um picking up a line from somewhere and just hanging it above the door yeah, or even just hanging that, it but that's really yeah, interesting, yeah. And she and her way of thinking when I she's so inspiring is that she likes to hang her art where she can see it mm. up. so she'll have it right next to her you know, she'd be sat on the sofa and it'll be at that height, at the sofa arm height, because oh, that's where she, cause that's where yeah. she can see it. And, and that's I just, really you know, interesting. I yeah, I know there's rules about how you, you know, where you should hang art and um, certain heights, that kind of thing. And it's great to be able to pick up lines of the room. Yeah, you can make your room seem taller by hanging your art in a tall vertical um, pattern. Yeah, you make your room feel wider by by hanging it all, you know, in a, in a real landscape, yes. a long landscape um, formation. There's lots of tricks you can play. Yes, but I think um, I think this, the rule is to just just play and, and see, yeah. you know, and um, don't don't uh, you know the rule is know the rules and then then ignore them. Absolutely, because... I was just going to say sometimes it's good to know them and and have a bit of guidance, but then also yeah. once you've built up some confidence, just to play. Yeah. And actually, I think um, and and I, I remember writing a post about this just um, because your art should be part of your home and I really and uh, with curious egg we try to make it a really natural part of yeah. uh, building a home is you know acquiring art and it not being such a big you know when it's within these white cube gallery spaces it can be really intimidating yeah, but actually yeah. yeah having work casually shown around your home makes you relax with it and makes people yeah. that come into your home relax with it and it becomes a really natural part of your, yeah, your decor absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think again I, I do totally agree you you, you articulate things so brilliantly do you? <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah absolutely you shouldn't be something that intimidates you shouldn't be something that's brought to impress people it shouldn't be anything mm. Like, like any interior thing, it should be something that you connect with and makes you feel good. And yes. if you feel good with it, then everyone else that comes into your home will will get yes. that. Yeah, they, 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 they know that you bought it for you. You're, you've got it in your home for authentic reasons. Yes, yeah. And they get to, and that's you know they get to know you better. I, I'm I'm all you know I probably I probably banged on about this way too much, but I just think you know everything should be as authentic as you can possibly be mm. I know that you know it's all life's a journey and you don't always have an awareness of certain things but you know I think if you if you go into something with your you know for the right reasons or buy something for the right reasons then you can't really go wrong yes and no you, I, th- I think do, that's true yeah. and, and I think with it, art it's true as well it's, yeah. it's kind of um, I suppose it's like anything, the pieces you buy sort of say something about you and yeah. people get, can get really hung up on that. But, yeah. you know, we change as people as well. So the, the things we're drawn to change. And I think that's that's OK, too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just knowing knowing yourself. Just on that, talking about the art and, and sort of displaying it in your home, um, you know, I, I think you know, you're really great putting together, you know, we've talked about your vintage finds and your um, natural textures and plants and, um, but you bring them all together and it kind of, when you, when you show your rooms, our eye kind of goes around and connects these things and it builds a little story and it might not be necessarily your story, but we, we start to, I find I sort of put the story together in my head and I wondered, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, it's, it's really, um, there's, you know, there's a wee bit of poetry there and a wee bit of magic there. And I thought, how do, what, how can you sort of advise people on being playful like that and actually bringing those elements together, you know, your vintage and your art um, and plants and, and making something really exciting with them? I mean, how, how could they go about doing that? Um, I think, um, I think the secret is, is, te- is textures. Mm. So, uh, you know, most people are, you know, most people I know of, I mean, it's, pretty, it's not true of everyone, but you know, the, most people I deal with are quite colour reverse, they're scared of it. So if you don't want to use colour, that's fine, but you have to then use texture to not, so yes. it doesn't look boring. Yeah. And um, so I, I try and do is, is um, 
create a scene which is if it's I, I don't know, I guess it's a kind of a French I think I get my inspiration from French interiors mm. where they mm-hmm. they'll put things they'll just they'll keep adding things so it depends yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a bit actually it depends on whether you're a maximalist or a minimalist person as well yeah. so when you're doing that when you're having this lot to chat with yourself about what is your core style I said I was Scandi bohemian vintage or whatever earlier mm-hmm. on you can also be you know a maximum version of that so you might like lots of that stuff or you might have you might be a minimum version of that so you can still like all those things but have them you know piled in layers yes have, have layered and layered or or not and it's up to you to know when you want to stop because that's that's your core style that's how you want to feel and I I think I kind of go with this French way which is like you add it all stick it all in put all these things that you love together and then yeah. start taking them away yes and then I also would never have the same two textures together I'd put something smooth in mm-hmm. between them so as we said earlier I'd put some quite graphic art next to a heavily oiled painting um if I had a lot of greenery in the yes. um in the scene I would pull back on some of the other colors um yeah it's kind of I editing and, and editing sort of but it, again it's no there's no science between it. there's no science with it it's just a case of what your eye and heart wants yes. to see you know yeah so yeah that's a good I, way of putting it actually it's kind of what yeah. you, what's what's the right amount of um you know what's the right amount of each thing for you and what's too much because people kind yes. of yeah yeah and that's what it's about you so if you look on instagram you'll find you know again we've we've used this on our course where you've got, got people who've got real minimalist so so they've got their room they've got a, a beautifully crafted table and chairs and nothing else because yeah. they, they, what they love is the craftsmanship of that table and that's what they want to, that's what they want to look at yeah. they don't need anything else in that room to make them happy so that's where they stop there and then you might then find an instagrammer who's got um you know more furniture but they're all in the same all, all in quite a tight color palette yeah. so what they what they like is they appreciate their items but they also appreciate the fact that it's very um pull together so that's that's how that's what they like yes and that yes. makes them happy they, they stop there then you've got the next layer where people are then adding more accessories more color a bit more texture a bit more pattern mm. and they've they want that that's what makes them happy they, it's, it's less about the objects and more about creating a, a feeling in the room yes so and then you can get there's some some of the american instagrams they have got every single pattern color yes texture, absolutely plant, yes everything going in that room yeah yeah to me to me it's way too much but that's what they like they want that excitement so it really is how you want to feel um and you said earlier on about what what do you wear and I I, you know I think that does play a part you know that these people will also wear quite a mixture of they'll wear all sorts of different outfits and different they'll wear a different outfit every day a different Mm. look every day whereas I'm you know personally I'm quite a I kind of prefer, you know, like I said, yeah, I, I put it all on and I'll take something away. So yeah, kind of yeah. And I think we're all too scared of like owning our own style. Yes, we, that's because true. Yeah, because magazines say, oh, what's hot and what's not. Yeah. You know, they do things like decorating faux pas. It's like, there's no such thing as a decorating faux pas. If you like it yeah. and it makes you happy, yeah. then it's n- never a faux pas. So well, I think, you know, I think the thing is to not when you're saying about how do you create these vignettes like I try, I don't overthink it I just grab things I like from around the house I tend to you know I tend to have a fad on one particular thing and try and, yep. and try and show it in lots of different scenarios yeah you had a lovely phase of um your pampas grass and it's yep. still there which you managed to take go. well we did have a bit of a joke about the um the 70s yeah, swinging, but you managed to give that a whole new meaning. The the pampas grass that kind of made us forget about the, the seedy underworld. Hopefully. Well, hopefully, I don't know, but I love that because it's texture and it's a neutral. And um, yeah, it's beautiful. It goes and it goes with lots of different looks, and it also ties in with the whole plant thing. And um, I love, you know, I think you've mentioned about biophilic design. So mm. I love, which also ties in with the whole bringing the outside inside and the inside outside. So, yes. And, and that's actually what, what I was just going to, to ask you about, because obviously now we're, um, you know, we're moving into autumn, which I can't actually believe. And it's definitely a time where we're kind of thinking about, um, you know, people have had plenty of time to think about what their homes, how they make them feel. And um, 
you know, just the biophilia I wanted to talk to you about because it's kind of becoming a bit of a sort of buzzword. People are talking about it more, but it's it's been that term has been around for actually quite a long time. Um, yeah, and just you know this idea of um, our relationship to nature and the, the benefits of that. Um, and you, uh, you know, as I've watched you over Instagram, you've really kind of honed your skills with plants. You've become a bit of a plant whisperer, and <laughs> um, I mean they're amazing. Some of the things you you. Um, I think it's the way you display them because, you know, you, I mean, probably again in the 70s, lots of people had lots of plants kind of hanging around in macrames and things. But um, you sort of show them in a way that actually showcases the, the, the sort of structure of the plant and the, the kind of way it grows. And, and can you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, yeah well, I, I think, you know, plants have always been a big part of my life even before they were trendy. Like my mm. nan and my mum used to grow them and have you know, have little cuttings and everything. So and um then in the nineties, remember they were massive in the nineties and then yeah. uh, I think I gave I gave them all away, I think, because they went out of fashion. And anyway, so I've always had a relationship with plants and I and I'm really glad again they've become mainstream as well. But um and I just buy what I like and I and um I I just love at the moment I've got a massive thing about climbing them. Mm, you've got the one in your fridge it's gorgeous I love that yeah and um that kind of thing but I think you know like you say they've every plant again don't overthink it but every plant has got a place in a certain interior or it will add or detract from a certain look so for instance the fiddly figs which are really in fashion at the moment they've got a really strong structural look to them so they look great in this kind of industrial kind of look if you're like a quite a masculine look they're yes, a great plant to have because they're big and they've got a big scale um so you know that's a great plant to use to make a real statement um I love kind of things like spider plants they're great for any look but of course if you like this 70s boho look they they totally lend themselves to that absolutely and and again they're really I've great first I've got a wee one on my shelf actually, yeah, which I'm amazed yeah. is still alive. <laughs> first time, they're great first time plants because they, you know, they basically yeah. can't kill them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think about what kind of look the plant brings, to, what kind of uh, what kind of look a plant adds to a vignette or a room. Yeah. And you, again, if you want, you know, but I wouldn't overthink it as well. If you just love that plant, have that plant, but it will make a difference. So things like parlor palms, which are quite delicate, frondy plants, mm. and and ferns, which are very much more delicate, they will make a room seem more ethereal, yes. and dreamy, you know. So I like, I love using um, um, asparagus ferns because they're like little clouds, they're very, very light. Yes, absolutely. And that's so interesting because I think, it's, yeah. you know, people wouldn't necessarily think of plants having a style, but I think the yeah. way you framed it's really um, interesting, the fact that fiddle leaf fig with industrial look, and I've got, actually got one left over from a styling project I did, and I can't believe it's still alive, because I don't have a good history oh, with them, yeah. but I've, I've kind of, and, and I found just by watching them, and kind of, it sounds crazy, but they, they do, they are like, have a little personality, they do sulk, they do, yeah. and they, they do, do kind sulk. of yeah, celebrate, yeah. and, and it yeah. seems to really like, we've got a kind of space we use as a gallery space when we have an open house and it loves the light there it's kind of quite a it only gets light in the morning and then it kind of is sort of subdued light the rest of the day but it seems to love it uh, but it's quite warm yeah yeah, yeah. I think it, they probably like I think fiddly things like to be left to their own devices they well, don't like to be moved around too much well they've been in the right place apparently yeah <laughs> it just but, gets ignored <laughs> yeah but yeah but that's that's only one thing to think about is this what kind of shapes they bring to a look but um the actual active having plants in your home yes. and that mindfulness of where you care for them and watching them grow and the joy yes. you, you get when you see a new leaf or it has a little baby. And then That's I love, you know, yeah. giving my little baby plants to people as, as presents. So you take them a little plant round, you know, all you have to do is pick a bit off, stick it in a pot and they think it's the best present ever. Yeah. And it is, it is the best <laughs> present ever because you do, you have grown that with love, that plant. And yeah. you want them to, you want to give them something to nurture and something to keep because you're not going to throw it away. Yeah, and it's all part of this whole way of living that we're talking about, isn't it? Really, yes, the biophilia yep. and and buying vintage items and surrounding yourself with things you love. It's not a case of decorating; it's a case of surrounding yourself with what makes you feel good and what makes other people feel good. You know, yeah, and I think they they kind of have a sort of um, they sort of symbolise life in a way. I suppose vintage things do because they symbolise histories and stories and lives lived, and yeah. a plant live, represents life. Yeah. life energy you know and yeah. and you know I was reading something about biophilia there which I thought was quite interesting just um because I 
um, worked for a while with, with um, an arts consultancy for sort of hospitals and things. And I was always trying to get yeah. this thing across about, um, you know, the good it does for us healing and and having to describe why that was. And, and this article was talking about when, when we see greenery and landscapes and water and, and kind of natural things, um, our mind says, uh, you know, that that's a, that's a safe place, that's where life can exist. But when yeah. you see a barren landscape with nothing or very industrial man-made forms, it yeah. represents danger because there's no access to water, food, vegetation. Yeah. Oh, it's so we go, the caveman stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. we go into yeah. this kind of um, survival mode of, you know, adrenaline goes up, our heart rate goes up, anxiety goes up. And I thought, amazing. Gosh, isn't that amazing? And, and Yeah, so it's such common yeah. sense, really, if you think yeah. about it, isn't it? It's so obvious. I was Because re- I did a little biophilia thing about a year ago, and I actually want to go on and study this a bit more in a bit yeah. more detail because I think it's so interesting. Yeah. But um, in schools... They did, they did lots of experiments around this theory now. And there's a particular one where the classroom, when they had a normal classroom, you know, they've got nothing in them that's very biophilic at all. And they did an experiment where all they did was was just decorate one wall with um, scaffold planks. So one wall had like a wood, was, was panelled with wood. Mm-hmm. And they measured the children um, in this classroom there. And they all scored more highly on attendance. Oh, the the il- illness went down. Um, concentration levels went up, SAT levels went up. All, all they, did, you know, everything was positive. That's isn't it? And the only thing they changed was putting a few planks of wood in the room. So just some and natural textures. Yeah, yeah. a few textures, oh. and that was that was just all they did. So what can you do? You know, what can yes. you imagine? What happens when they do forest school and that kind of stuff? You know, Absolutely. when they're living out, actually schooling in the, actually in the forest. So yeah. it's you know it's a, it's a massive. I think it's a massive game changer in the way we see. Yeah, and I've worked in an office for so many years, and it was you know polystyrene ceiling tiles oh, and, yeah. and horrible yeah. nylon. You know, I think, and it, it did make you feel absolutely miserable. And I thought I was saying wrong with me, but you know that was it was yeah. I was right. You know, yeah. it's really a natural way to live. Yeah, and um, and I think that's you know I think the way forward is you know it's just it's just so obviously the way forward. Yeah, to live um one with nature and. It's not difficult either. It's good for everyone. It's good for you. Good for people. Good for the planet. It's good for absolutely everyone. Absolutely. To live like that, isn't it? You're again great at sort of finding, sort of foraging and finding natural things and bringing them into the home and displaying them in a way that's just really exciting. Um, and I thought I, I just wanted to ask you about that. If you've got some advice for people, um, just about you know, on finding natural things and putting them in a way that it doesn't kind of look get. You know, I mean, you can plonk some flowers or dried flowers and tie them and put them in rows, and it can end up looking a bit kind of musty and dusty and like. Yeah. Like yeah. And how do you keep that that it's interest but has a kind of crispness too that that sort of suits our contemporary sort of style? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think you. I like when I I do go for walks a lot, and I'm lucky enough to live in the countryside, so I you know I'm currently eyeing up all the um, dried. Um, um, what they're called now oh not cow parsley the ones the ones that smell of wee oh, <laughs> they look like cow oh is it not um not uh oh gosh no i forgot hogweed. not hollyhock um, yeah hogweed hogweed that's Giant it hogweed, yeah. so, they, <laughs> so they they grow about five or six feet tall and when they're when they're green they they smell horrible but when they're oh. dry when they've died and they've gone they, they just dry they they're great they're really sculptural so. yes. no i know <laughs> the ones you mean. i always thought they were do they not? You can't pick them when they're fresh because don't they burn or something? I thought they burn. They burn you actually, but they smell a wee. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, see, I've never got past the actual picking because I'm so scared of being burnt. So I've never... they might, you might burn you. I'm sure they, they look pretty toxic. But when say in the autumn they they die, but they don't they don't die back. They just just dry. So I've I actually got a few the other day and um, got them put in the back of my van and they look really great yeah, as, a, as a sculptural thing against a white. So if you've got like a Scandi like a Scandi look, yeah, great way of adding some texture Gorgeous. to a quite a clean look. Um, I if you've got if you like a vintage look, then you know just a a, um, a few different. Um, what do I else do I like? Um, oh yeah, the old man's beard, which is like really dried clematis sort of like clematis where oh, it, go, it goes to seed and it produces like a little bit of fluff and it's called old man's beard and you see that in all the hedgerows if you, you'll see it now when you drive around but during the winter you'll see all the hedgerows are covered in this kind of little clouds of the seed you know, it's gone to seed Gosh. and you can, you can pull it off and it's um 
it's, it's a dried vine and that's great it's a great way of making wreaths actually because you can just put it if you put it into a circle shape whatever size wreath you want and then put it inside a bucket of water or a container of water that's round it will it will then shape itself into oh, the shape okay. of that of yes. that container I and then you pull it out and then dry yeah. it again and it'll, it'll retain its shape and that's a great that's way fantastic. of yeah so, so you can get lovely shapes from that and then use that as a base of making your own wreath for christmas oh, i'm going to do that wreaths are not just for christmas so wreaths aren't just like greenery that and holly and stuff because they anyway that all dies quite quickly but yeah just getting those getting those things that are dried in nature leaves um just twi- you know, any twigs um anything you find interesting um mm. and just bring it in and have a little play with it make a little vignette with it um they're great displayed on shelves um again if you put your bit of you know texture next to something clean yes it's a great yes having that sort of clean backdrop and would you say yeah. sort of if it's something quite small maybe to sort of have a few of them so it's kind of the forms repeated is that does that yeah. work maybe a bit better that's what you like yeah um I always like to do things in in odd numbers so threes yeah. or fives is a great way um of displaying things I like to you know if you're doing a shelfie shelf is a massive on Instagram you can absolutely entire <laughs> you know hashtags devoted to shelfies so using some of those bits um in a, in a group or um do a pile of books and put your little um you know a, a pile of books to give it height and your little yeah. uh, foraged item on top of that oh yeah that's a lot of textures yeah. and, and and different heights um i always if i've got something quite rusty you know rustic the more rustic you, you might like things to be all rustic but if you like it to be look clean then put it in always consider your container as well so mm. i talk about this with plants as well so whatever your plant your you've got in your house think about how you want it to be contained and the look of that of that plant pot as well because mm-hmm. that can that can change the look of a room so again that's so true isn't it yeah yeah so if you say you, you know you might want a colorful pot if you've got a mexican theme going on you might want a brightly colored pot and a certain type of plant like a yucca um uh, i always go for vintage terracotta myself because mm. just, that's just i like the texture and the earthy tones yeah um, again a, a clean um a very minimal looking vessel will clean up the whole look again um baskets you know putting them in baskets is a great way of adding texture to a room don't even think about using a particular yeah it hasn't got to be a pot can be anything i love using shopping baskets or shopping bags as a pot as long as you line it with plastic um yeah so sort of woven kind of those sort of baskets you've got shopping baskets gorgeous yeah line it it with plastic bag or put your display get get your foraged big pieces or even flowers or whatever you foraged tie them together put them in a plastic bag inside a shopping bag yeah yeah I, I added in the woven in case people may, think you mean a Tesco shopping no, bag not, not Tesco shopping bag I mean a, I mean a nice, nice yeah tote, I, I know nice <laughs> I I better just um yeah. clarify that yeah a no, lovely woven no. grass sort of yeah, basket I yeah think, I don't, I'm afraid there's no way of making a Tesco shopping bag no there really is <laughs> just to sort of finish off I mean I think um you know, I wondered what your thoughts were during these strange times and we're, we've all kind of been knocked off our feet a little bit with it. But, yeah. um, you know, as things go forward, what, how, how do you think sort of the meaning of home will change to us um, and our environment around us? You know, a lot of us will be working more at home. So, what, you know, are there any sort of lasting lifestyle changes you think we'll make um, and what sort of things will be important to us in, in our homes and your, your sort of thoughts? I think I do. I think I do hope this has created a massive sea change in how we mm. see our homes. And yeah. as I was saying at the beginning, you know, your your home is got to make you feel how you want to feel, and it's got to be your sanctuary. And we've got to value that. That's that's you know that's something that is maybe a bit whimsical in the past. If you like your home to be a certain way, it's seen as a bit of a luxury. And um, you know, but I think it's absolutely mainstream now that your home is um, your sanctuary. If it's your workplace as well, then you need to have that. I think you need to have it in a way that makes you feel happy to be at home working, and that you can actually do a little journey from your workspace to somewhere else in the house to to break yes. it up a little bit. Yeah. Um. I think you know try not to work at the kitchen table if you can if you can because how do you ever separate home life from work life if you haven't got like a little journey in your house somewhere? Yes. Um. I've noticed that. 
um, sales of sheds and garden rooms have absolutely <laughs> rocketed. You can't buy them for love nor money at the moment. Gosh. So having a space in your home, in your garden is going to be, again, absolutely standard, I think. And the journey down the, the journey to your garden is like a little your little commute. My husband yeah. actually, what he does, he he used to cycle to work. He now gets up, he gets up, he cycles, he does a, does a loop, he cycles back home again, obviously to his desk, but he still does that <laughs> does that commute because that's, that's important to him. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's good. But, um, I think you know your home is so important to how your you know your home and your well being are so tightly connected, as we've said about the biophilia, and yeah. um, I think people will be becoming much more aware of that and will work towards having you know to, to making making that happen and yeah. um again it's not like about spending money it's just about having that time and hopefully people have got a bit more time and space now to reflect on how they feel in their homes yes. and we'll we'll give it more we'll set it as a much higher priority in their life is to is to create that space around them it's not a luxury it's a necessity you know to yes. have your home feeling how you want to feel and I don't know about you but my house is absolutely battered after lockdown we have lived in it so much and been here so much everything's knackered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the walls are battered all the, you know and all the sofas are worn out from being sat on so much so uh, yeah I think people will be doing a lot of work on their homes in the next couple of years and making making it mindful of the fact it's going to be something where they're going to be spending more time and make them feel happier well, that's has come to the end, Dee, and it's been so lovely to chat to you. Thank lovely. you so much. I could so chat much. to you forever. I right. could chat to you forever. This, this is just um, exactly what happens to me. I just think, God, it's, it can only be so long, but we've covered some really lovely um, topics and you've made some really great points that I think are really helpful to people too. Thank um, you. And you've articulated things I've never thought of before as well that I've never really put into words before, so thank you. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, well, that's good to know. Well, yeah. take care and I will be in touch. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. For listening to this episode of the Art First Interiors podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and if so I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review. If you'd like to hear more please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at curioegg for more Art First Interiors chat and inspiration.